Hello, and welcome to Commercial Real Estate Views with Nayot Pittsburgh's Developing Leaders podcast. This year's podcast sponsor is Bernstein Berkeley. Through their sponsorship, we're able to put on this podcast series. I am Clayton Morris, the Nayot Pittsburgh Developing Leader podcast lead and asset manager at Samson Morris Group. In this episode, Nate Tavornik interviews Ben Kelly with Oxford on his experiences with RIV zoning and permitting in the city of Pittsburgh. Hi, my name is Nate Tavornik, Senior Marketing Manager at Oxford Development Company, and today I'm joined by Ben Kelly, Oxford's Director of Planning and Development and also the co-chair of NAOP's Advocacy Committee. Today we'll be talking a little bit about the RIV in Pittsburgh and then also how you can apply that to zoning and permitting processes anywhere else in, in the region. So. The RIV has been a topic of discussion for a while. It was approved about two years ago, uh, but what exactly is it? It's a zoning area that follows the city's roughly 35 miles of riverfront, and it condenses what was at one time over a dozen use designations into only five. The RIV also includes a performance point system to allow developers to either exceed height or proximity to the water by including other priorities to the city, such as bike infrastructure, public art, affordable housing, and a few other metrics. So that's mostly the city's definition. Ben, what is your definition of it coming from someone who's gone through permitting for three buildings so far uh, within the RIV? Uh, thanks, Nate. Uh, glad to be here today. Uh, I don't know if my definition really matters compared to <laughs> how, uh, what, uh, how, is implemented and how we work within these new guidelines as, as a developer uh, in Pittsburgh, especially one with such a long track record of success in the strip district. The RIV uh, really upended how we, the city approached zoning regulations along the riverfronts. Not to say that a process was ever easy. It certainly never is in, in most uh, municipalities, but the, the RIV was a real swing for the fences uh, for the city as an attempt to preserve riverfronts and riverfront access, as well as implement uh, building performance and site performance standards that you know will address climate change and infrastructure and mobility and any number of uh, you know aspirational things that uh, functional cities need. So Oxford's really been the test case as you know we've had a master plan and three buildings go through this process. Uh, so you add that on top of the kind of intensive community process and approvals process that, uh, that the city of Pittsburgh has in place. And it has really, uh, I don't want to say it has been a challenge, but it has been something that I think Oxford has been able to ad address and show that we can make it work, uh, maybe even show how things can be improved upon. So I find that interesting when you say it was a swing for the fences type do you see the city adopting similar standards or similar zoning changes anywhere else in the city? The first thing that pops into my mind is the Lawrenceville overlay that has, has happened recently. It's interesting. I couldn't, I couldn't speak as to what their, the intentions are for the city. I do know that the city is starting a comprehensive plan process and that that ultimate plan should influence uh, some rezoning. Uh, basically working with the code that was adopted, uh, you know, first in the 50s, it was revised in the early 90s, 
in the late nineties and uh, went through some changes again in the early two thousands. And it really doesn't, you know, a lot of that doesn't work for the type of urbanism that we, uh, most people view as best practices uh, anymore. It doesn't really address a lot of uh, mobility issues as well. So I, I don't know what the city will eventually adopt, you know, on a citywide basis, but I could certainly see how the RIV and the sort of related uptown district uh, would be, if not a you know precursor, it, it would certainly be a template for what they may envision moving forward. Yeah, that sounds about the case for every community in this region and probably across the country with with zoning codes that are that have last been touched in the 90s or so. So working within this, do you have any suggestions for someone who is working within a particular zoning area? Is there something you've learned over the course of your career with getting planning and zoning approvals passed? No, so that's a, that's a good question. And I think of interest to developers uh, in this audience in general isn't necessarily the what is happening in one particular community or what is, uh, you know, what it's going to take to get approved in, you know, one particular zoning district, such as the RIV, but the role that policy plays in our industry, uh, the often ignored, you know, importance of personal relationships and uh, understanding the role of politics in our industry. And also, you know, the community, you know, how we interface with our, the communities in which we work. A lot of times uh, people see, well, this is what I can do here. And so this is what I'm going to do, you know, with my building. And that's what I'm going to perform not taking into account that you may, again, have to go before multiple commissions and multiple uh, community organizations. And even beyond that, that we as an industry and NAOP in particular, it does, you know, we do have influence on policy to an extent. Uh, we are experts in this um, and at the end of the day are going to be the ones implementing any new policies they including zoning and having a voice at the table and inserting ourselves there to help create policy you know even as a sounding board say hey you, this is these are your goals well here, here's the way that we as developers are able to help you meet those goals and implement uh, sound policy so in all business relationships are important, but in commercial real estate, it seems like it's relationships beyond your colleagues and contemporaries in the industry. It goes into your relationships with the political spectrum and into the community realm. What's a good example of really strong political relationships that have, have recently helped? That's an interesting question, and it's, it's hard to just drill that down into one. And I think the relationships, as you said, there, there are multiple facets of relationship maintenance that have to occur here, uh, both having strong ties to the communities in which you work, fostering those in communities in which you want to work, and then also staying abreast of what's happening politically and maintaining relationships with your elected officials. Uh, on that front, uh, you know, it's always good to know what's happening in different municipalities throughout, you know, the counties where we, you know, South knowing uh, various commissioners, uh, elected city officials as well, even just to socially check in and see how you're doing and see what's going on in their neighborhood. People like to tell you what they want to see, what they envision for their communities. And that can, you know, that gives you both 
uh, that relationship as well as maybe even a potential project down the line. Uh, but one that is, you know, I think unconventional for local real estate development is what's happening more on the macro level. So both state and federal uh, regulations, so, you know, taxes and HUD, uh, any number of uh, policies that are happening beyond just your, your city level that a lot of times aren't addressed or not ignored, but really don't people don't feel the impact of them as local developers. When the shutdown occurred with COVID shutdown last year, both uh, the weight of NAOP and then just relationships that I had fostered over the years with people in Harrisburg, uh, able to be an advocate for not just Oxford, but for real estate throughout the state uh, by showing them, you know, this is what we're doing. This is what we can do. This is how we can safely reopen. And that really did speed up a process of getting things going again uh, after about a month of, of a lot of uncertainty. Uh, you know, would we be able to go back to any sort of construction activity? So that was one where it was really out of the normal wheelhouse, but something that I felt strongly about, still feel strongly about that we need to maintain as an industry, you know, look beyond just the, uh, the boundaries of the places where we're working and realize the impacts that uh, larger policy uh, has on our industry. Another component of engagement that uh, NAOP can really help with is being an advocate for policies and things that impact us, everyone as an industry. Understanding that every individual developer and every person working in this industry has some level of community and civic engagement that they have to take part in, that NAOP can leverage a lot of those relationships at a higher level and allow us to to advocate for things without necessarily be seen as the bad guy in every instance, you know, it, the playing the, the role of advocate and, and bad cop is not, you know, is, is a, you know, it's a positive of, of this uh, organization and why it's important that we be engaged and the young leaders stay engaged. Now time for a quick sponsor break. The NAOP DL podcast is sponsored by Bernstein Berkeley attorneys at law a business approach to legal services for more than 50 years. Whether it's bankruptcy and restructuring, commercial real estate, or property tax assessments, Bernstein Berkeley creates partnerships that provide clients with peace of mind through expert service and zealous representation, with offices in Pittsburgh, Wheeling, and Cleveland. Visit Bernstein Berkeley at BernsteinLaw.com or call 412-456-8100 for more information. Now back to the podcast. So stepping out of the government realm, are there any examples or suggestions for someone to foster those relationships in a place where you might not be working yet, but where you want to work in a future development site or a future opportunity? That's an interesting question. You know, it, it really depends. I think having a, an entree into those communities, if they're out of state or out of your region, be it through, again, an elected official that you may know, or, you know, a local architect or uh, even someone through NAOP and having the, you know, this is a good thing about uh, attending uh, NAOP events is you get to meet people from other parts of your state and your region and your country. And, you know, they can uh, help you formate those local relationships uh, that prove so vital and giving you a little lay of the ground uh, you know, if, if that's what they're doing as well. I think a really important one are the community organizations, at least in 
southwestern Pennsylvania with uh, you know, so these highly fragmented government structures. Uh, there's a lot of power, be it soft power most of the time, vested with community groups and neighborhood organizations. And being, you know, being willing to hear them and make them feel heard is really just vital when it comes to a successful real estate project and getting through those approvals. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, elected officials and commissions listen to their residents and making sure that those residents have some say in your project really goes a long way. So there was one project in particular, won't mention the municipality, but is a more affluent community surrounded by single family homes where we were working on a multifamily project. And we went in, uh, this was early on in my career, I went in guns a blazing, this is what we can do and this is what we're gonna do and got smacked around pretty hard. Uh, and deservedly so, uh, you know, needed, we needed to treat the, you know, the residents that were there with a lot more respect and understanding of, uh, you know, and maybe assunging their concerns. And that has really been something that I have taken to heart and have tried to implement with every project that Oxford takes on is that, you know, they're not, you're not going to get a hundred percent agreeance. I mean, you're going to have people that don't like what you're doing. But at least you can say that you've heard them and that you have done your best to uh, address uh, their concerns. It goes a long ways. I think that's a good point. What you can do by right is often not what you can do in the eyes of the community. Absolutely correct. And, uh, and, and understood, you know, and this is one thing. And I'm speaking to a Pittsburgh audience, but one thing I see with, uh, with a lot of out developers from out of state try to you know do projects here. I don't know if they a lot of times coming from larger cities, they view us as flyover or less sophisticated, but we'll come in and say, look at this awesome project we're doing. You know, we're 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 going, we're doing this. And they end up going back to New York with their tail between their legs because they don't take into account the role of relationships and politics that play into uh, in, into this industry. Another thing I've learned over my career is it's important to understand how the thought process of the people that are creating and implementing and enforcing uh, these different regulations. A lot of times it's hard to think outside of your own experience, your own education. You're dealing with people in local government who are not coming from necessarily an engineering background or they're not coming uh, from a real estate finance background, mostly not at all. And as someone who was educated as an urban planner, I can guarantee you, you're not learning real estate finance in planning school. Uh, but one of the things through my career, like going, you know, being an urban planner in the private sector and the public sector, and then segueing that into real estate is being able to, to speak the language of everyone at the table. And sometimes it feels like acting as an interpreter uh, between uh, your development partners and the people that are working in government. But it's really important if I were to leave another tip that people do understand that their view is not that they're being obstructionist, uh, that, that they are doing the best for their municipality and representing you know, their residents. And so keeping that in mind uh, is also something worth, worth thinking about. I think another important uh, point, Nathan, also doesn't get talked about is the importance of 
engagement, community engagement, and how we talk to people as an industry. Uh, a lot of times you'll, you'll attend uh, a public hearing and, you know, your, your Stark attacks will come in and talk about how wonderful the building is and how you know, gracious everyone should be and welcoming to this. And you'd be amazed at how quickly the walls go up and people shut down. So it's really, it goes back to my point about making sure that people are heard. It's also important to how we speak to people and speak with respect and um, making sure that we have an understanding of how people be spoken to. And a lot of times I, I see that both as uh, people within the industry and the consultants that we hire, that there that is not given a lot of thought and effort. And I think it's to the detriment of a lot of projects. That makes sense. At the end of it all, this is still a heavy people industry. Uh, it's a lot of people involved in getting any size of building off the ground and out of the ground. So, so that, that is a very good point. Thank you for joining me today, Ben. Hopefully your experiences can help developing leaders or anyone uh, in NAOP or who's listening to navigate the planning and approvals process a little more. Just always remembering that this is that relationship business and relationships are key. Ben and Nate, thank you for taking the time to participate in this podcast and thank you for walking the DLs through the RIV zoning and permitting in the city. This episode and all episodes are available on all major podcast services. Please subscribe to be alerted when a new episode drops. Thanks, Clayton Morris.